Good morning. I am just going to come right out and say it, that it is very strange to be standing in Pastor Chris's office by myself in front of a camera preaching a message. But I'm thankful and I'm humbled because I have to picture in my mind not standing in a room by myself, but rather so many of you at home in front of your laptops and computers or tablets or simply listening to this message. It humbles me to think of you taking the time today to hear these words. And so I would be so glad if you would join me in a word of prayer before we start. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the wonderful gift of your word, for the gift of wisdom that you provide for us. And you tell us that if we lack wisdom, we can ask you for it and you will give generously. And so we pray, Lord, that you would give generously to us the wisdom that we need, that we may live and walk in you. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think you would agree that children can say some of the wildest things, but parents can say some pretty interesting things too. When I was young, growing up, my mom would often say to me, Gary, and, and yes, when I was younger, I went by Gary. Gary, I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. And I remember thinking, what does that even mean? Does my mom have a spaceship? Can she literally take me out of this world? That sounds pretty great. But she would say things like that because of the things rather that I would do <laughs> that would be a bit frustrating. For example, my dad would also have to instruct me to leave my mom alone when she is taking a nap. One day the doorbell rang and my mom answered the door to a mail carrier who had a package from, from a nap that she had woken up from and he gave her a funny look and she thought, well that was odd, I wonder why he looked at me that way. And it wasn't until later in the day when she happened to walk by the mirror in the bathroom that she was startled to find that I had drawn all over her face with permanent marker. I would do things like that or when my mom was taking a nap on her side, I would line up eggs along her back and then whisper in her ear, Mommy, roll over. Or I would shampoo the dog, our long-haired collie, with an entire bottle of maple syrup. I remember doing that, and you can imagine the stickiness and the hairiness of that situation. But one instruction that I received often was Gary watch your mouth. And again, at an early age, I thought that is a strange thing to be instructed. I don't know what that means. Should I be looking in the mirror at my mouth? What does that mean? And I found out the hard way when I was at my grandmother's and said something. I don't remember what I said, but I said something I shouldn't have said. And I was escorted by my mother into the bathroom where I had my mouth washed out with soap. And if you've never had that happen before, I will tell you, your mouth does not feel clean afterwards. I've received, like so many of you, many instructions over the years growing up. But there is one instruction I never heard. An instruction that is often not shared or even uttered. And that is, watch your heart. 
When I was sitting down to consider what passage to share with you today, I was reading in Proverbs 4.23, and depending on your translation, would say, guard your heart, or keep your heart, or watch over your heart. And as I was considering that, it became very clear for me to share that with you today, because the very next morning I woke up, and as I was getting ready for the day, I heard my wife in the other room instructing one of our children at the kitchen table with that very message. She did not say, watch your heart, but the meaning was true. She was talking about being concerned with your inner self rather than your outer self. Pay attention to what's going on in here. And so we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4 today. If you would turn with me there uh, to Proverbs, I would like just to actually take a moment to look at chapter 1 just very briefly before we get to chapter 4. For in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, we read that the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, writes that we would to, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. And so we read that this is a, was written by King Solomon, the king of Israel, the son of David, and he has written this book to give wisdom and instruction to give understanding and words of insight. And then he goes on in verses uh, 4 through 7 to point out three different groups of people. And we could find ourselves fitting into any one of these groups. In verse 4 he says to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. And so the first group you could say would be those who are simple-minded, those who do have not grasped the depth of true wisdom, biblical wisdom, or those who are young, those in their youth, who are just now starting to grasp wisdom. And we read in verse 7 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so wisdom is just now dawning upon them. Then there's the second group. That would be the wise in verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying the words of the wise in their riddles and so we have this second group those who are currently wise and we are instructed to increase in learning that you are not done yet that you are to continue to understand and obtain guidance and so we are to be humble if we are wise, to continue to receive needed guidance. And then the last group would be in the second half of verse 7, and that would be the fool. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fool would be the one who turns their back on instruction, that d does not want to listen and to hear good biblical teaching or to be corrected. We can find ourselves fitting into any one of these three groups. And this book has three groups. For I'm glad to read in verses 20 through 23 that wisdom is not hiding, is not hidden. Look at verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. 
Now our markets are not very loud today. Our streets are not very noisy. But the point is, is that no matter where we are, no matter how loud the world is, no matter what is said and shouted, wisdom is not hiding. It is here and it is available and we can even hold it here in our hands. And he goes on to address some of these groups. Verse 22, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? In other words, don't remain being simple. Don't settle for being simple. There is much to be grasped. Or how long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Don't remain being a fool. May the Lord open your eyes into see so that you may, in verse 23, turn. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. That is wonderful news. Wisdom is available to us. It is available to whatever group you may find yourself in. It is here. And so with that in mind, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. And I'm going to go through this. I'm going to go, go ahead and read through this full chapter. We're going to break it down a little bit. And we're going to do this pretty swiftly. But let's go ahead and read it. Proverbs 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother. He taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get... Get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. 
then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your feet away from evil. Proverbs 4 can be broken down very generally into three parts. And all three of these parts are for all three of the groups that as I mentioned already. Part one you could find in verses one through nine, how to get started in receiving wisdom. Verses 10 through 19 would be that once you've received wisdom, how to continue to receive wisdom. And verses 20 through 27 is how not to get lost along the way as you receive wisdom. All three sections begin with a reminder that these instructions are from a father to his son or to his sons. Verse 1, hear, O sons, a father's instructions. Verse 10, hear my son and accept my words. Verse 20, my son, be attentive to my words. And this is echoed throughout Proverbs. For example, in chapter 2, verse 1, my son, if you receive my words. Chapter 3, verse 1, my son, do not forget my teaching. Or verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Or chapter, chapter 5, my son, be attentive to my wisdom. Or 7, my son, keep my words. Proverbs 4 begins with a reminder of wisdom, wisdom being given by a father to his sons. And these are great examples of what a father, the head of the home, should give to his sons who would one day, by God's design, lead his home. And these instructions would filter down throughout the entire household to young men, to young women, to servants, and to workers. And this does not negate the instruction, though, from a mother. Solomon is very clear in Proverbs 1.8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and, for, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 6.20, my son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Or I have to throw in Proverbs 30.17, which is pretty strong. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Pretty strong words. But these are words you can trust because you know whom they come from. And you know how it was received, that these are words of wisdom that were handed down to Solomon from his father, David. Look at verses 1 through 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Here is tradition at its best. Tradition could be good, it can be bad, but here it is great. A father sharing with his son who will one day share with his son. I give you good precepts. We hear about this often in the New Testament too. For example, in just in one place, Hebrews 13, 7 through 9, which states, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Here in Proverbs is a father passing down good precepts as they were once passed down to him. And these instructions are not meant to crush. They are here to help. 
They are given by a father to help his child succeed and to live. And for mothers also today, even to share with their daughters. How should the child receive these instructions then? Look at verses again, four through six. Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. Wisdom being passed down is to be obtained, not forgotten, not forsaken, but trusted and in, in loved. And in return, wisdom will provide something for you. In verse six, it will keep you. Wisdom will be a great guard. She will keep what though? What will wisdom keep? What will wisdom guard? Wisdom will keep and guard your heart. It is who you really are in the sight of the Lord. And for us today in Christ, verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance. Look at verses eight and nine. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. We are instructed to prize wisdom. We are taught to embrace her. And if we do, then what will happen? And wisdom will exalt you and honor you. Wisdom will guard you and keep you. And wisdom will be like having a graceful garland, a beautiful crown placed on your head. In other words, you will be blessed. So where do we begin? What does Solomon say that we should start? Well, verse seven, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, get wisdom, get it. And whatever you get, get insight. Whatever you get, get wisdom and insight. In our world today, we all want lots of things. And of course we want food. Today we want hand sanitizer and toilet paper. We want time out of the house. We want work. But Solomon is very clear that whatever you get, get wisdom, get insight. But that kind of drive to do that, to go after that, will never happen unless we are convinced that it is worth it. We have to be convinced that it is worth it or we will not hold fast to it. In verse four, he said to hold fast my words with your heart. How do you do that? How do you hold fast? It's kind of like that saying of, from my mother to watch your mouth. What does that mean to watch my mouth? What does it mean to hold fast wisdom with your heart? Or like the picture I saw of the father who told his son to keep his eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. <laughs> well, how do you hold anything with your heart, let alone hold it fast? Well, our heart must treasure her to see her as she really is. In verse eight, to prize her highly as a treasure. For if we see her as a great prize, we will no, long, we will no longer look at her differently and pass her by. We will long for her with our heart. That means that we do not mock her. We do not belittle her or roll our eyes at her. We treat her as a prize worth striving to receive. Our family has been watching, actually just finished watching the 
the show uh, Lego Masters, which was a competition for uh, individuals, actually couples, they were, they were partners in building Lego creations uh, to be uh, prized as the Lego Master. And the season finale was uh, just this week. And I remember the very first episode where the host said, okay, for our first competition, do you want to know what you're playing for? And everyone who was competing, of course, wanted to know. And here drove into the studio this amazing sports car, and everybody gasped. How awesome was that? But then the host said, no, 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 sorry, you're not playing for that. And then he opened up the trunk of the car, and it was full of cash, and everybody gasped again. And he said, oh, oh, sorry, no, you're not playing for that either. And then he reached into the trunk and he pulled out a tiny little box. And he opened up this little box and pulled out a single golden Lego brick. And he said, this is what you're playing for. And everybody went, huh? Okay. But then he started to explain what the brick represented. That the brick was a token of immunity from being judged out of the competition. That if they felt that their creation wasn't so great, that they could turn in the brick and not be judged out. And so throughout the rest of that first episode, because they were informed of what this brick was, they were talking about it and striving to win it. It was like the most important prize they were working for. Are we convinced that wisdom is something to be highly prized? That wisdom is not hidden. For it's here, isn't it? It's here. The Bible is here. We have it right before us. We have the very source of wisdom with us. We have men and women of God who have also written so many good books and shared so many wonderful messages and articles that we could easily go online and listen to great podcasts and read great messages. We have God's church where we can fellowship with one another and receive wise, wise counsel. We have the great gift of prayer in which the Holy Spirit will convict and remind us of the amazing gift of wisdom. And we can ask God for it in prayer. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. And we have Jesus who is the way and showed the way. There is nothing wiser anyone could do than to come to Jesus. And as Solomon pointed out, that the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of instruction, is the fear of the Lord. Oh, that we would fear the Lord. That we would fear His wrath. That would be the first step towards wisdom. And then the wisest thing we could do is to come to Jesus. So start by taking hold of true wisdom with your heart. For she is a great prize. Hold her fast. Hold her tightly. To begin, we must be convinced that wisdom is a great prize. Otherwise, our fickle hearts will just be distracted and turn elsewhere. And so take hold of true wisdom. And second, for our second section here, for how to continue, we are to continue to be, to be convinced that wisdom will help us along the way in life. That wisdom will make us aware of the dangers that we've never noticed before. So do not forsake her. Do not let go. Look at verses 10 through 13. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. 
I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Keep hold, he says, of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her. She is your life. So first, with our heart, we are to hold fast to wisdom, and then we are to continue with our heart to keep hold of wisdom. And why are we to do that? Verse 13, she is your life. Have you thought of wisdom that way? Do you really believe that wisdom is your life? Well, verse 12, when you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. We all have a path set before us today. We all have a path set before us this week. And every path is different. You will do things that no one else will do. You will talk to people and have conversations that no one else will have. You will have thoughts go through your mind that the person sitting right next to you just will not have. Every path is different. And on this path are alternate paths, alternate trails, shortcuts, and distractions. But we have the path of life before us, by, set before us by God himself, and it is not a hidden path. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. But there are paths we can easily head down that are just one step away. And we have been clearly warned here in verses 14 through 17, not to go down these alternate paths. Verse 14, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. We have been warned about these alternate paths. For along these alternate paths lurk those who are there to do what wisdom protects you from. Protects you from stumbling. Verse 19, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. The path of the wicked is described as a deep darkness. Not only will you stumble along it, and that stumble begins with that first step. But those who entice you to join them along this path also stumble and do not even realize what they stumble over. They are walking in the deep dark and do not even know it. And what does Jesus say about such guides? In Matthew 15, 14, he says, Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. So the question is, why would anyone walk down this path who is already on the path of life? Why would anyone walk down this deep, dark path? This path that's described as in verse 18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Why would anyone take this alternate path? Well, consider this comparison for a moment in Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 10. Two great pictures from our Lord. In the conclusion is quite startling. In Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 6 says, Thus says the Lord, 
Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Can you picture that? This shrub in the desert. No hope in sight. No good to come in sight in an uninhabited, lonely wilderness. Can you picture that? And yet there's an alternative. Verses 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. What would you rather be? The shrub in the parched desert or a tree planted by a stream with roots stretched out to the waters that does not fear the heat? Is it going to be a hot day? Let it come. No fear. Its leaves remain green. It is not anxious in the year. It doesn't say day, week, or month, but it is not anxious in the year of drought, the year of the virus, for it does not cease to bear fruit. What would you rather be? It makes me think of our house in New York where we had a stream through our backyard and a nice bridge, and um, I had pitched a hammock between two trees right along our creek. And I remember it was a large hammock, that could fit too. And how wonderful it was to grab a pillow on a summer Sunday afternoon with the sun out and to lay in that hammock. And of course the best with my wife next to me and the shade from the tree overshadowing us and the quiet sound of that creek beside us. What a wonderful thing. What would you rather be? The shrub or the tree? And of course, the, the answer is obvious, the tree. And yet the heart so easily turns away from the Lord and heads down this path of deep darkness. Why is that? Well, look at what the Lord says in verses 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give a every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. We have been given a wonderful gift, a treasure, wisdom, wisdom that has been given to you and to me, that has been given to you and to me with hearts that are desperately sick or wicked, a heart that just can't be explained. Who can understand it? Who can understand the heart? Without wisdom, let's be honest, we will walk in darkness. Without God's help, without his spirit, without his guidance, we will walk down this path because we follow our hearts and our hearts are in great needs. As Christians, we have been given the great gift of Christ and a new heart that is sensitive to the Holy Spirit, have access to wisdom that is to be grasped tightly by our hearts and kept hold of. And as we walk along the path of light set life set before us, 
Wisdom will be like a light that shines brighter and brighter like the day. And so wisdom will help you along the way. Wisdom will make you aware of the danger you may have never noticed before. And so hold her fast with your heart and do not let go of her every step of your day. And lastly, watch your heart or you will get lost. We come again to the direct instruction from a father to a son, but this seems a little more intimate, both in verse 10 and here in verse 20, where Solomon says, My son, my son, my son, verse 20 through 23, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. How many times have we heard this already? Keep my words, my insights, my sayings, wisdom that has been passed down, now given to you, and to one day pass down. Keep them within your heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Let them never be out of your view. Always have wisdom in view. Have you ever gotten lost? Probably all gotten lost at some point. But how can we get lost with our destination in view? If our eyes are set on where we need to be, how could we get lost? Or if our clear and good directions are before us, that's what God provides for his people. Instructions, guidance, directions. Why? Because it's so easy to take our eyes off of the destination, to take our eyes off of the instruction, to get distracted, to look elsewhere, to take our eyes off of Jesus who is our great wisdom. Look at verses 23 and 24. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from, your crooked, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. It's not a chance that verse 24 follows verse 23, for words reveal the contents of the heart. Jesus says in Matthew 15, 18 and 19, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Jesus covers all areas of life, actions, words, thoughts. So does crooked speech and devious talk and evil thoughts ever come from the wise? It does if those who are wise have not been vigilant and keeping and guarding and watching over their hearts. It does if the wise have stepped off the path and is stumbling around in the deep darkness. And this first step always begins in the heart. And maybe not even knowing it. Sometimes maybe not even knowing it for years. And for us today, we have the great gift of the Holy Spirit that will remind us and enable, and enable us to be vigilant. For without the Holy Spirit, this instruction is impossible. This is one step, and because it is one step in any given day, we are to read, as in verse 25 through 27, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. 
Really? Then all your ways will be sure? Is that even possible? Well, maybe the better question to ask is, are all my ways sure? Lord God, are my ways sure? Oh, God, help me. This will never happen if the heart is not kept, guarded, watched. We are to ponder the path of our feet, starting with the very first step of the day and ending with the last step of the day. And there is no break. We are to watch our hearts with all vigilance, above all else. For this walk, this, this wandering, it always begins with one step, and that first step always begins in the heart. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you on the wisdom of God for us on Jesus. May we be blessed with God's divine help today. So in closing, if you, are, if you think that you are in that first category, in that category of being simple, of being young, maybe you've just recently received Christ, maybe you are just now starting to ponder the scriptures, I would encourage you to grow in wisdom and do not settle for anything less. Do not waste this unique time of being home during this pandemic. If you despise instruction or run away from good, sound biblical discussion or hate being convicted by anyone who points out your wrongdoing, then I will be blunt. You are a fool. But no, we have all been fools. It is only in Christ that we can be made wise. We are to confess our foolishness to God and ask for his forgiveness and for him and him alone to make us wise. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. And if you are wise, then hold true, hold true wisdom fast with your heart. Wisdom is of great value. Hold wisdom tightly. Do not let go, for wisdom will help you along the way. Wisdom will make you aware of the dangers that you may never have noticed before. And with God's help, be attentive. Keep a sharp eye on your heart and let your eyes look directly forward on the gift of wisdom. As we pray together, in closing, would you take a moment and pray for your heart? Would you take your hand as we pray together and lay your hand upon your heart with me? And let's pray for our hearts together. Father in heaven, no one knows us like you. You created us. You formed us. You formed our very hearts. And on our own, we are fools with hardened hearts. But because of your work, because of Christ, we have been made new. We have hearts of clay. And we pray that you would mold our hearts and give us a deep longing and passion for your fellowship, for your guidance, for your leading. And we echo the words of David in Psalm 139 who says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Oh God, forgive us. We need your grace and help every step of every single 
day. Oh God, give us a deep desire for wisdom so that our hearts would truly delight in your fellowship with us and your guidance. In Christ Jesus we pray, amen. As you go today, guard your heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Watch your heart above all things. Parents and guardians, teach this to your children. Grandparents, teach this to your grandchildren. And pray for their hearts. Your prayers are so important. And may we all now, right now, with the very next step we take, take a step like many to come on the path of life, the path of uprightness, the path undeservedly given that points to the grace and mercy of Christ, the path that prizes true godly wisdom. To the praise and glory of our Heavenly Father, our Savior Jesus Christ, in which the gospel is given and needed every day for forgiveness, and the Holy Spirit who will enable our steps to not be hampered and to keep us from stumbling. In Christ Jesus, amen. Have a blessed day. Just say